Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I'm joined by Garrett. Hey, everybody. And Johan. Miley is objectively better than Taysway. That's not Johan. No, that's not Johan. <laughs> Johan would never listen to either of those. Johan's <laughs> listening to Kurt Darren. Kurt <laughs> Darren. angry at the world, he's listening to Kurt Steve Darren. <laughs> Kurt Darren is not half the man Steve Hoffmeyer can like to be. That is Johan. Um, I want to take this opportunity to inform all of you that uh, very sadly, Tarek has decided to depart the show. Um, he will no longer be part of Welcome to the Gun Show. Um, there, there's been some creative differences between uh, between some of the parties on the show. Um, so yeah, See, we're going to miss you. Um, you and your incorrect like fucking idea that Miley is better than Taysway. So, Listeners, weigh in. I mean, not right now because it's not fucking live. But on the Facebook page, um, there are those of you who understand that Miley is one of the last two rock stars, and there are those of you who think that the white girl with no ass is superior. Now, I don't. I'm not anti-Taysway, but she ain't no fucking Miley. That's right. You need a lot more penicillin for Miley. <laughs> well, yeah, but it'd be worth it. Uh, Actually, I'm talking music <clears throat> Fucking weirdo perv. Sure, T-Bag. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure there are people on this planet who believe you. That they are correct. One of them. Well, some, some people are wrong, like corn. This is a moral, like T-Bag. <laughs> some moral? What? He he, he just loves the uh, the idea of Miley because uh, of that picture of him, you know, the, the one where he's riding the wrecking ball, um, which most of our listeners probably have never seen, but they probably will see now. Like right now. Fuck, Fuck now, now. I still got it on the phone. I can stick it on Instagram quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. You're waiting until Monday morning. If, if you want to see that premium content. <laughs> Uh, well, cool stuff. The Gunshot only fans. Only fans. <laughs> Whoa. We, <clears throat> we have a. Uh, Corn even had to clear his throat for that one. Yeah, I know. Corn really had to. We <laughs> we have an interesting topic uh, planned for you guys tonight. And I use the word planned really, really loosely again. Um, as in, we're going to wing it and <laughs> we'll see where it goes. But It'll before be we do first. that. Uh, no, it really won't be. It won't be the last either. I'm truly sorry, listeners. Thanks to DVC Technologies, Gaz's company does a lot for uh, shooting in South Africa and specifically for the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, Zero Mike Bullets, proud sponsor of the show. You guys know the drill. Website's up. Bullets are available. Head over there and uh, order what you need. Hit Gaz up directly if you would like a discount code, and I strongly recommend you do that. Um, next up, don't Magnum. Don't yeah, don't hit Gaz. He'll fuck you he, up. He but, hits back. Yeah, he'll fuck you up. But <laughs> hit him up. Don't beat him up. Uh, Magnum United, we did an excellent episode last week with uh, with Billy. It seemed to go down really well with uh, everyone that's listened. I found it to be quite a hoot. I listened to it a couple of times uh, during the editing process. Uh, really fun show. If you haven't listened to that, it's now on the uh, essential listening playlist that that we've got going on for 
sort of defensive stuff and uh, required topics such as range rules. Um, it was quite apt that episode 69 was with Billy, I think. <laughs> nice. So, thanks again for that. Uh, they have a CQC coming up for ladies only on the 29th. Look at their website, uh, magnumunited.com, for more details on that. Also happening at Magnum United on the 12th of September, 2021. It's a Sunday. What's happening there? Oh, um, this dude who's like quite cool is like hosting a course and shit. Um, also, uh, I'm hosting a red dot course at Magnum on the 12th of September on the Sunday. Uh, it'll be a whole day thing. Um, it's going to be good fun. Got a couple of really good shooters already signed up. Uh, so uh, it, it'll be good. So hit me up. Um, don't hit me, hit corn, but hit me up if you want to book a spot or you want to get more info on, on the details. Sweet. Uh, they're just going to hit you up on, on Facebook, right? Yeah, that's the best way. You can just cool stuff. Or you can so, email me on t at 9876. That's the digits, 9876.co.za. Uh, don't send nudes. You know who you are. <laughs> you know what you just signed up for, eh? Yeah. T is definitely not giving away a free spot at the class for nudes. <laughs> uh, that's what you get, you Miley fan. <laughs> <laughs> You're regretting that decision yet? <laughs> I'm, I might give him a free spot if he doesn't send the fucking nude. You know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Do whatever it, it is funny. Like slightly off topic. It is funny. I can tell when people listen to the show because there's a couple of people who quite consistently on a Monday will send me a fuck you. Um, like the one dude's at about 10, the one dude's at about 11, the one dude's at about like mid-afternoon. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't like us? Uh, apparently sometimes i don't know like saying fuck you sure hurts his feelings or something is that popular approved so, so so is 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 that him every time so does he listen three times and send you three messages no or? no 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 i mean are there people doing it in his defense apparently we seem to upset other people as well oh no that's fine that's I fine mean, i'm happy to give them their money back until we get the patreon up and running then i'm not but then for I'm now not. you can have your money back i uh i would like to to mention at this point um Cockroach, you know who you are. So we don't like infringe on your uh, internet persona and give away who you are. Um, he reviewed last week's episode, and I don't have the review up in front of me, but the comment was something along the lines of having someone, having different guests other than the three musketeers or whatever he called us on really adds to the variety and content of the show. <laughs> 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 That, that's a nice way of saying that Billy swears differently to us and with a cooler accent. He does do that. <laughs> we, we, we definitely can give him that. Um, so if you guys would like to see Billy on the show more regularly, um, let us know because maybe we can do like a, I don't know, every two-month installment of shit that goes down on the range. And <laughs> we can just have him make notes and come and tell us about it. Yeah, and, and we can abuse Adrian. I believe we're going to get hit next time we go to Magnum. Yes, I, I will never be going to Magnum ever again. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I am I shooting will. with him at the uh, at the level four. So 
Uh, or um, you might just get hit in the store front, don't Yeah, I'm guessing not going to Magnum is not going to help. So <laughs> we shall leave it there. Gaz obviously was innocent in that whole thing. So Gaz, I, I'm guessing, is safe. It was Gaz doing the Steve Irwin voice. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get for the team. Middle of the month, we are... Uh, we're past the middle of this month already. So if you haven't done this monster of the month yet, you need to try and get to the range and get that done. T-Bag, you want to just give us a quick rundown of how you would like that drill run? So we have First some of all, consistency. Um, get a reliable timer. Uh, <clears throat> Hi, Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're running the, the, the classic test, the 10, 10, 10, which means it's 10 shots yet. 10 meters in 10 seconds on a B8. Um, you, you, you can do it one of two ways. You can either start uh, at a ready position or you can start from the holster. Um, classically, it's done from a ready position. My advice is normally if you're consistently passing it from the ready position, do it from the holster. Um, and uh, you you need to score um, 90 or above to, to pass. So... Uh, uh, you know, if you you're firing ten shots, there's there's a possible hundred points. Um, you need to shoot ninety or above to to pass. So, what I would ask is once again that you do it cold, preferably, and most importantly, or, or very importantly, if you did it from low ready, specify that you did it from low ready. If you did it from uh, from the draw, um, specify that you did it from the draw, concealed or unconcealed, um, and hurry up and get those in. It's a really good drill. It's one of my absolute favorites. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's not lose that that momentum on there, guys. We've been a little bit slow on drill of the month, uh, and I'm not too sure why. Um, we've tried to keep them pretty low round count. Um, we try to keep them pretty simple. So uh, go out and do your drill of the months. Let me and Bill, you've been slacking. I know it's expensive there, but come on. <laughs> yeah, what you can do, pro tip, um, if you grab a pencil you can stab holes in the target at point blank range. Then grab a timer, do pew, pew, pew while hitting the timer, the required number of rounds. And you can submit that. Just specify that you didn't fire any actual ammo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't do that as your regular training. That That's not going to do you any good. Um, of the month, uh, again, thank you to Zero Mike Bullets for the thousand bullets that they have sponsored for the draw that will happen whenever we come to the end of that six-month period. Flatback Alpha for the stand and the swinger and shooting stuff for their offer of using their facility. Uh, 15 minutes in and out, use of a timer, targets are available, shoot the draw and uh, in and out of there. Fantastic offer. We really appreciate it, guys. Oh, before, sorry, before I forget. Um, sorry. Uh, any other guys doing my course on the 12th of September? Um, the guys at MRST have very generously offered that if you're doing that course, uh, they will give you a 500 rand discount on milling your slide to fit an optic. Um, awesome. Which is, I think, quite impressive. They've also said that if you give them reasonable lead time, which means not arriving on the morning of Friday the 10th, um, they will do everything in their power to expedite having your dot to you in time to do the course. Um, so that's, uh, I mean, that's a massive saving and um, that's a fair chunk out of the course fee as well. So um, thanks to MRST. They are the only guys I 
recommend for that work anyway. Uh, I'm not being paid to say this, but you know, Guy Austin, if you feel like it, um, he's a couple of guns in your safe. I won't say no to. Uh, but yeah, so um, hit them up um, and use the discount code. Uh, I promise I'm doing the course. Um, and if I'm not, you can kick me in the balls. Uh, hashtag. Uh, and they'll hook you up. Sweet. That's pretty nice of them. I mm. did like that. And they, they came um, Austin phoned me up and, and made the offer, which I thought was really awesome. So uh, take advantage of it. That's pretty cool. Um, you said hi to Lance and Dan, but uh, you didn't like reduce your counts. So I'm sure they've written that down. And, uh, you'll be in shit soon. Nexus Pro. Nexus Pro. Nexus Hundred and one to go. <laughs> there you was three. Should be hundred and four. Yes, it's a cock. <laughs> um, lastly, thank you very much to the guys at Guns at Work. Guns at Work are making sure that the uh, Welcome to Gun Show logo will be on all the team shirts for the upcoming Level Four. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys. I've I've actually I've been to Guns at Work. Uh, twice in the last few weeks to use their rifle range uh, and I must say what a pleasure and, and the dude who is with me who's not a, a big shooter uh, old mate of mine who needed to zero his hunting rifle actually commented that it was like really nice being on a range where it wasn't just a free-for-all uh, you know there was uh, there was some sort of system where you didn't feel unsafe you didn't you weren't worried about you know having your rifle on the bench when you check targets um, so really, really nice job to those guys. Yeah, I was on that range, I think, the day before you went. Yeah, you, you had the uh, shitty weather. We had the shitty weather, but also, I mean, it was, it was other than the weather, it was quite pleasant um, because you didn't have to worry about dudes fucking around with rifles and things when you were walking down range, which was, which was pretty awesome. Keep that up. And Andre has um, promised that he's put the order in for better weather for PCC Nationals. Uh, so that's nice of him I, I thought so i think that's good service um, uh, we'll see if the weather listens <laughs> cool stuff t-bag you want to tell us about uh your plans for tonight's topic um so my plan is to to drink some whiskey uh, <laughs> no um what i thought we would chat about tonight and, and it's it's something we, we we've hit on in the past but there's been a lot of discussion about it recently and i, and I think some of it is deliberately obtuse sounds more aggressive than I intend or more, uh, more, more of a pointed sort of attack than I intend because it's not intended like that. And it's, it's, it's a discussion that's been had by some people I have a lot of respect for. Uh, but I, I, I think sometimes the context matters. And that's it's kind of the balance of, of speed and accuracy um, and, and understanding the difference between sort of your your ceiling skill level and your necessary and, and the skill level that's necessary and and, and I, i'll hit it off with the, the thing that that's had me thinking about it there's been a lot of discussion in a lot of circles lately about the one second draw um the one second concealed carry draw uh has has been quite a a hot topic for a little bit with with more and more guys working on make uh, you know and making it work and um and I'm going to be straight. A one second fucking concealed draw is a smoking fast. And when we say a one second draw, we, we're talking to sort of an ace, uh, you know, an A zone size target at seven meters, not drawing your gun and putting it around in, in front of your feet or in your feet, 
um, and probably not shooting into an X at 25 meters. Um, and, and there's been a, so there's a lot of guys working on, on the goal of, of being able to do a one second draw. Um, and I suppose for, from a competition point of view, you could, you could kind of cut that time down even more. Um, and then there's been a lot of guys discussing how that's not necessary. It's not realistic. And, and even sometimes that it's, it's almost a negative. Um, and that I think is, I think it's an unfortunate way of looking at it. And, 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 and I, I get where they're coming from. A lot of the discussion is that a, it, it's often not necessary. Um, you know, if, if, if your awareness was, was better, you would, you would need it less. Um, and, but there also seems to be this sort of thing that, that if you're running at that sort of speed, you're kind of outrunning your headlights and, and you're not fully in control of, of what you're doing. Um, and I think, I mean, that, that, that is a, a necessary concern or, or, a, or a, a serious concern um, with regards to defensive pistol. But I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily accurate. Um, as I say, very few people can, can consistently do a one second draw on demand. Um, I think even fewer people can do a one second draw on demand um, cold. Uh, but I do think it's a, it's a, it's a worthwhile goal. Um, I'm not one of those people who can do a one second draw on command. I, if I get a one second draw, it, it really is a rarity. Um, it's not something that, that I can, it, it's nowhere close to, or I, I'm nowhere close to being able to do that on, on, on demand uh, with, with my pistol. But I would, would I like to be able to do it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to spend all my shooting time working just on that skill. But I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, and and it, it, it's a peculiar argument against it. As I say, the the awareness thing that's all well and good, and and, and we've had a whole show on, on awareness, and, and we can um, link that in the show notes if you want to have a look at it. Uh, I think it's it, it's an awesome thing. Um, realistically, uh, we all have times when I had heads up our ass. Um, we all have times where we've got other concerns, and the other thing is the. Sometimes, as, as we discussed in that show, that awesome awareness is just going to let you know that the attack's happening half a second sooner. Um, awareness, it's no more a magic talisman than carrying a gun. And I, and I think sometimes it gets turned into that. I think sometimes people have this thing that, just like people think, I don't need to know how to throw a punch because I carry a gun, or I don't need to worry about anything else because I've got to carry a gun. I think some people seem to think that I don't need to be fast because I'm aware. Um, and if, if there is an attack coming in, yes, that awareness may enable you to, to avoid it, but, but very often that awareness may just make you aware that the attack is happening just before it happens as opposed to after it started. Uh, and, and it's in that sort of, of realm that I, I'm not going to be averse to, to being faster than I am or, or wanting to be faster than, than, than possible. Or, or not faster than possible, but 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 faster than is necessary. Um, to put it simply, a guy with a or a girl with a one second draw can quite easily do a two second draw. A person with a two second draw can't do a one second draw. Um, and 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 it sounds pretty simplistic, but it's a pretty simple concept. If you've got the mechanical skill to do a one second draw, and you fumble the draw, something goes wrong, you're, you're slightly behind the curve, you, you hook your concealing garment wrong, you, you hook your grip wrong, 
whatever, um, and you add 50% to that time, you're on a 1.5 second draw. You add 100% of that time, you're still on a two second draw. Um, if, if, you, if you're only doing a two second draw on the best case scenario, because that's the other thing to bear in mind, those one second draws are not happening while you're walking down the, the, the road, um, chatting to someone or on your phone or thinking about what you need to pick up at the shops or thinking about the meeting you just walked out of. Those one second draws are happening on the range when you're waiting for the beeper to go beep um, and, and you're reacting to it. So conditions are perfect. Now, with accuracy, it, it's quite a common thing to, to, to tell us to expect a 50% or, or sometimes even 100% degradation in accuracy under pressure. Uh, but for some reason, the, the opposite approach gets taken to speed and, and there's magically you're going to get fast. Now, what may happen under pressure is you may shoot really, really fast. That doesn't mean you're going to get good at being fast. It might mean you just try and make your gun go cyclic. Once again, if, if you have the ability to shoot 0.11 splits, we, we're going, it's an absurd number, but you've got the ability to do 0.11 splits. Once again, you know what that looks like. And if you're now backing off to 0 0.20, 0 0.25 on your split, um, you, you, you are going to feel substantially more in control. The dude who can only run 50 splits, so half a second between shots, to, to put it simplistically, if he is now under panic trying to run 20, 25 splits or 12 splits, he or she is not in control. He, he or she is not now, um, they, don't, they, may, they may not have the, the mechanical shooting skill uh, to, to make that sort of timing work well. Um, and and they're, 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 it's panic fire. The person who, who can do that, that's not to say you need to be able to do that. That's not to say that you need to now go, well, I'm going to try and run 11 splits and in the gunfight, I'm going to try and run 11 splits. It's to say that in the gunfight, if you're now um, shooting at the speed you can take in info, well, you're used to taking in info faster. You're used to drawing faster. So when, when things suffer, just like, as I say, we, 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 we think about, oh, your accuracy is going to suffer. And that, that, that's quite commonly accepted. You know, most people will tell you to expect a degradation in accuracy under pressure. Um, so I'm also going to expect a degradation of speed, as I, as I said, with the draw, because I'm not standing there with my hands placed in, in whatever position, no, no matter how fucking ninja you try and be with your hand placement, whether it's staging them, touching your shirt so you can clear it quicker, whether it's in some sort of defensive posture, whatever it is, you've staged that up and you've rehearsed that in your head that it's going to be perfect. When, when you're walking out the shop with a, a shopping bag in one hand and your car keys in the other hand, and you've now got to drop those things and draw the gun, you, 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 no matter how much of a tactical timmy you are, you're not going to have that as, as well rehearsed. So I, I think the gist of what I'm trying to get at is just like ideally we want to be able to shoot substantially more accurately than we need to. Um, defensively, your ability to put 10 shots in the X-ring of a BA to 10 meters is realistically probably never going to be relevant. Um, but the ability to do that means that you can you, you can do relevant skills. I think the same thing needs to be considered with with speed. Um, 
speed as Todd Louis Green used to, the late Todd Louis Green used to say, speed is a tactic. Um, and, and you know, I, I I joke about it all the time in classes that if if dudes are you know doing all these cool guy parachute landing falls and whatever other larpy shit they want to do, um, if if you in that two second time period while he was falling on the ground can draw your gun and put three rounds in the guy's chest and one in his left eyeball, guess what? You probably won't have to lie down on the ground and get dirty. Um, and it's it's a bit flippant, but it, it's I, I think that's that's the concept that we we need to sort of consider that there's there's no there's no downside to being able to go faster because you can modulate that. Um, you can't modulate being out of control. We see it at matches all the time. We see guys running, um, you know, running beyond the ragged edge. And it gets dangerous, it gets inaccurate, they, they, they make stupid mistakes because they're not in control. They're trying to keep up with something. Now, imagine that ramped up to, I'm not worried about embarrassing myself in front of Gaz, I'm worried about that target's trying to kill me. Um, and now I'm trying to run, I'm not just outrunning my headlights thinking-wise, I'm trying to out, outrun my, my physical skill. Uh, and then we get slamming the trigger as hard as we can 16 times till the gun runs out of bullets. Uh, I hope that makes sense. I hope, I hope that I'm, so I'm gonna, kind of making some sort of sense there. I'm going to hop in there. And uh, my, my Timmy and my sports shooter is often at odds with each other uh, and at odds with the sort of world at large. Um, and when you start off by reading something that I saw this morning, um, it was posted by Mickey Carrick Trainer. Uh, in response to an absolutely brutal axe attack um, in New York. Dude got whacked with an axe a number of times. And I'm going to skip most of what he said, but sort of halfway through his passage, he says, awareness is useless if it's not coupled to the correct response. The response must be backed by ability. And I remembered that when you, you started this because it made it's probably the best that I've ever heard it phrased. It must be backed by ability. And backed by ability does not mean that you're running beyond what you can physically do. It means you run at a point where you are well in control of what you're doing and preferably better prepared than whatever is coming after you. Now, you can't guarantee that. You can never guarantee that. You may come up against someone who is just physically bigger, physically stronger, has been fighting their whole life, um, is a better marksman than you, et cetera. You, you, you could have the odds stacked against you. But why would you want to approach the world in a way where the odds are stacked against you? Why would you not want to be the dude who is more likely to succeed by building abilities that the general populace never, never need? That includes one-second draw. And as T said, I, I agree that a one-second draw is not absolutely essential. Um, and I agree that under stress our abilities deteriorate, you're more likely to fumble, you're more likely to snag, you're more likely to get a bad grip on your gun, you're more likely to not present straight in front of your face and have time where you need to search for your sights, because you should be using those, um, be it a dot or irons, um, you're more likely to add time in error. And if you've got a really strong base built, even a large percentage error for you, will still result in a really, uh, not, not ample is the wrong word, but it, it will result in a generous advantage for you still, even if you have a really, really fumbly mess happening. Um, and beyond that, let's say that you don't have a fumbly mess. 
let's say that you do your one second draw under stress from that non-ideal position, you don't have to shoot when you present the gun, right? If you can get your gun into the fight, point at the dude before he can do anything, I mean, there has to be a credible threat, but before he can actually start attacking you, you're more likely to produce a psychological stop. Now, we don't ever count on psychological stops, but if you're going, gee, homeboy, I'm going to draw my gun and shoot you, and before you've got the sh out of your, your, your mouth, he's already got a gun in your face, you're a lot less likely to pursue that, that endeavor, right? You may still, but you're a lot less likely. Um, if you have a one-second draw and you fuck it up, you end up with a one-and-a-half-second draw and you're in a three-second gunfight, you have a lot of time on the other dude who's taking two and a half seconds to get his gun out, right? You've even shooting 0.25 splits, you've run basically an entire mag for what I carry in the time that dude can present his gun. Okay, <laughs> with a 9-11 shooting 2.5 splits, you've got, what, 0.25 seconds shooting? Yep, um, exactly. Mm. I, I think, and, and sorry to, to, to jump in there, but I think the important point that goes with that, one of the arguments I've heard is that realistically in a fight, the difference between a one second and a two second draw doesn't make a dramatic difference. And we can debate that um, because as we've discussed in previous shows as well, for, for a civilian defender, you may well be drawing on a drawn gun uh, and, and their time is life. But, but even if we take that aside, the, even if we assume that the second, the difference between a one and a two second draw is not dramatic or, or is not the end of the world, if I double that one, if you double that one second draw, you've got a two second draw. If you make the same mistakes and double, double your two second draw, you've got a four second draw. Now, I don't think anyone in their right mind would argue that a two second draw and a four second draw are almost the same thing. Um, if you've got a four second draw, there's a very good chance that the entire fight is over before you've got that gun to eye level. Um, so I think it's it's that it's in that context that we have to look at it. It's it's not. And, and I think it's sometimes done to kind of downplay one side of that of that ballot. Um, you know, when, when I teach classes, I, I one of the things I always talk about is being fast enough and accurate enough, um, because that's what this balance of speed and accuracy, or whatever you want to call it, is. It's being fast enough and accurate enough. It's it's always easier to lean towards the thing we're better at. If you're blazing fast, it's easy to go. It's really important to be blazing fast. If you're an incredibly good shot, it's it's really easy to go. It's really important to be able to shoot super accurately. Um, but realistically, either of those things on its own is useless. Historically, we know that, 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 that in a gunfight, the person who gets the first solid hit generally wins the fight. Not the first person to fire the gun, not the per first person to make a loud noise or have a gun. Generally, the first person to get a, a hit will generally win the fight. Now, what does that require? Let's look at that in really simplistic terms. The first person means that the person is there is an element of speed involved. We, we don't know what that time period is. Um, it could be a second. It could be 10 seconds. It could be a week and a half. Um, and then to get the hit. So there's an accuracy standard. Uh, if you take either of the, those things away, it becomes useless. Because if we go, the you know, we've said the first person to get a solid hit so if we take away the solid hit bit, the first person to make a loud noise, that doesn't matter. We, we, we've discussed that. If you make a fantastic hit, but you've been hit 17 times already, well, A, you're less likely to make the fantastic hit. 
and B, they had fantastic hit accounts less. Um, you know, it, uh, a, a victory where we both die is not really a victory. Um, so I think it's it's important to look at it from that context. What what do I need to do? And and this is obviously awareness and alertness and, and all that good shit is super important. We're not discussing that because the two things are not mutually exclusive. Um, just because Gaz has got a one second draw doesn't mean that Gaz walks around with his head up his ass. Um, so it, we're looking at it at the breakdown of, of how those two skills interact. Can we shoot to an accurate enough standard? Um, and also what is that? Is, is it better to have a one second draw to an eight inch circle in his chest or a two second draw into a five inch circle in his chest or a three second draw that, that perfectly hits the spot between his two nipples that you couldn't be more accurate with a ruler. Um, because that seems to sometimes be the argument. And if, if you've got that one second draw in the 18 circle, there's probably a good chance you can make another two hits or three hits or four hits before that, that two second shot has even fired a shot. It's a very good chance that you fired six or seven rounds before the three second dude's got his first round off. Uh, so that's why I'm, I'm such a big fan of that concept of fast enough and accurate enough. If I'm taking fire from a guy with a rifle 100 meters away, I don't need to fire a shot in a second because if you, if you can do that with a pistol, um, and there's a lot of companies that will sponsor you a lot of money and Delta Force will just strap you to the front of an airplane. Um, and so it's, but by the same token, if I'm, if, if Cornet is on top of me trying to fucking choke the life out of me, well, you know what? I'm not even worried about that, that eight inch circle. I'm, I may just be trying to hit him. If I am going to access the gun, I'm probably worried about making a hole in his body. Um, not a specific part of his body, a hole in his body and not a hole in my body. Uh, and that may be the accurate enough for that particular problem. Uh, but with all of this, the better I am at both of those things, the more options I have on the table. Exactly. And I mean, if, if we carry on with that. So with all of this stuff, we're looking at guys who are talking about incredible accuracy standards which need to be worked towards and achieved at some point with regards to all of this stuff. Okay, and that's a fundamental requirement for any application, whether that's competition or defense-based. You have to be able to fire acceptable shots and you have to do it on demand and you have to repeat that on a regular basis. But I think where guys get lost with speed is when they're learning how to shoot the accuracy standard, missings and all of that stuff sort of okay because now you're learning that fundamental of how to make that shot count how how what do i have to do to make that hole appear in the target where i want it to be is essentially what you're learning when you're learning those accurate standards and then as you learn it you start pushing that threshold you go further back you make the target smaller etc cetera, etc cetera. but now when it comes to speed guys are, are putting their heels against it because now they know what the accuracy standard is but now when they ramp up the speed a little bit, well, now the accuracy has dropped a little bit, which is only temporary. I mean, we know this from Anderson's systems, Steve Anderson systems. He's only going to lose that temporarily because right now you're changing what you're learning. You're learning what you need to do in order to apply those fundamentals at a higher rate of speed. And you ultimately, you cannot get faster and more accurate at the same time. But in the same breath, you have to be able to do both. 
And if you don't work each one of them separately, well, you're just going to end up banging your head against the wall and going around in this vicious circle. And then we start having the arguments like we've been seeing um, and the discussions that we've been seeing. So you need to be working on each fundamental differently. And when it comes to speed, you need to work on that speed. And with all of those things, they're viable, you know. So we, I've seen it from my perspective in competition. I know what I'm capable of in terms of drawing the gun and getting it presented to a target in, in an acceptable way. And when you decide that you're going to be doing that and you want to try and put the hammer down, so let's say you're at the match and you want to put the hammer down, chances of you messing up the draw, causing some other sort of fumble increases significantly because now you're thinking about something that you shouldn't be thinking about. Now, if I work that draw and I know what I'm capable of, I don't have to think about it. It should happen on its own. Okay, so I'd rather have that ability to do that than not be able to do that. Doesn't mean I have to use it. It doesn't mean I'm going to use it all the time, but I'd rather have that in my wallet, in my back pocket, somewhere that I can use it, in my bank. Yeah, that, I, and I think that's exactly it. If, if we look at at that sort of competition example, and I think it translates quite well and and sort of Steve Anderson's whole concept of, you know, if, if you choose speed or accuracy, you're leaving the other one on the table. Um, and I think that's just as relevant in, in, relevant in, a, in a defensive situation. If we say that Gaz can, if Gaz spends all his comp, his or, or spends his practice time, and he knows that he can he can rip out a 0.5 draw, um, which I've seen him do slightly faster. But but let's just use that as a simple number. Are, are most of Gaz's match draws 0.5s? No. Um, but when Gaz does a 0.8 draw to match, Gaz isn't feeling under pressure to fire that shot. Um, you know, he's he is substantially more relaxed firing that shot. Not only than someone else trying to push that one point, that that point eight draw, but I'll take it a step further. He's more relaxed firing that shot than the dude whose draw is a one point eight, because the dude whose draw is a one point eight knows that he's fucking lagging behind, and by the time he gets the gun up there, he's thinking, "I need to make this gun fire." And to again quote from um, the prophet Anderson, uh, he's more interested in shooting his gun than hitting the target. And I think that's something that gets missed out. So Gaz whips out his draw and he runs a 0.8, he feels in control. He fucks it up and he runs a 0.12. He's still not under a huge amount of pressure. Captain 1.8 is, is my absolute fastest draw. Anything goes wrong, there's even more pressure just to, to wang around. Um, and, and it sounds like a simplistic example. And yes, we're using competition and I know it's going to get you killed on the streets. Um, but it's a, it, it's a lot easier for you to go shoot a match on the weekend and see how that feels than it is to get in a gunfight on the weekend and see how that feels. Um, but, you know, watch. And if you go to a match, you can see that the more experienced competitors who are, who are able to do these things, very importantly, when something goes wrong, it's much easier for them to, to deal with the problem and keep going on. Um, you know, the, the, the person with the less experience, the person with less mechanical skill something goes wrong and they very often are trying to make up that time that they've lost. They have a three second jam, Adrian, or malfunction. Um, and they then think they then are trying often subconsciously to find those three seconds somewhere else in the stage to make up for it. Uh, and what ends up happening is they take longer and are less accurate. So the, the balance of speed and accuracy goes 
in the complete opposite direction. They're now neither fast enough nor, nor accurate enough. The, the, the person with a better skill set gets over that problem and then gets back on the job at hand. Uh, and and I don't I can't see any reason why that should be different um, if in the same individual. Once again, I'm not saying that shooting a stage is the same as shooting a gunfight. Um, what I am saying is that mechanical skill is mechanical skill. Uh, and, and the higher the level of mechanical skill, the better prepared you are to deal with things going wrong. Um, the also, the dude with, with that one second draw, and I, and I know we're harping on it, but I just think it's a, it's a useful example. That person with a one second draw, their, um, their ability to do that subconsciously, I mean, you're not doing a one second draw consciously, that you've got an immense amount of subconscious skill. So you've flicked that switch in your head that says gun comes out. That means that you have got the 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 sort of the the, the computing power necessary to be aware of what's going on around you. So you're not going fuck. I've got to get the gun out. Fuck that dude's got a knife and and I still haven't got my gun. I need to get my gun. I need to get my gun. You flick the switch that says draw gun. So you've not gone clear concealing bomb and get grip on gun, get gun out of the holster, get two hands on gun. Uh, you've got that subconscious skill where there's one switch you flip in your head, which is draw gun, which means that you've got that computing power to go, oh, shit, that's not a knife, it's a cell phone. You've got that computing power to go, shit, he's taken three steps left and I need to now move where my gun is. Um, shit, there's someone behind him, there's someone in front of him, I need to deal with that. It's not saying that every time you rip out that gun, you're trying to make a bang in, in, in under a second. That is a building block to having yet another useful skill is probably the, the best way to describe it. So I want to hop in there. And I think you and Gaz have both sort of danced around what I want to say. Um, and there he goes, dancing dance for real, which is pretty interesting. I can't <laughs> I dance, Rick I have Ashley. to sing. And terrifying. Do, I'm going to do my Rick Ashley from, from an earlier discussion. So, <laughs> it, a, a lot of what people consider to be doing things at speed for basically any discipline you can think of isn't really speed, right? It's fast, but it's generally fast because it's efficient and it's built in. Um, you're not going to learn efficiency in, in firearms manipulation if all you ever do is shoot no, 0.5 splits, you're not going to learn efficiency in handling the firearm if you only ever do a two and a half second or three second draw. You're not going to learn efficiency if you only ever do administrative reloads. Um, the same thing with malfunction clearance. Now, malfunction clearance has, has become, malfunctions happen more often in gunfights because people are more likely to make mistakes that induce malfunctions, not because guns malfunction more in gunfights. Um, those sorts of problems go away with a lot of firearms or go away. They are reduced with a lot of firearms handling and with a lot of firearms handling comes efficiencies. Um, if you're not pushing to do things more quickly, whether you're training for the game or you're training for the fight of your life or whatever you're doing, maybe a combination of those two. If you're not doing things on the clock in an attempt to get faster, you're never going to get your brain to the point where it's lazy enough to start shortcutting things safely to the point where you learn efficiencies, um, which is 
it's one of the reasons it's critically important to try and do things like a sub-second draw. Um, and I'm not, I don't mean from concealment because that's really difficult for most people to do. I don't think I've ever done a sub-second from concealment. Uh, I've done a second from concealment, but I've never done a sub-second. Um, and I can't do a second consistently. So that I'm not claiming I have a one second draw. Um, but if you're never going to try that, you're never going to to teach your brain some of the the fundamental movements that your body can do in order to be able to do that. You're not going to learn it in the middle of a fight, as we said. There's there's just no way. You are going to fuck it up. And we know you're going to fuck it up if you try and do it faster than you can do it. Because when we try and do it faster than we can do it, the number of fuck-ups we have per attempt goes up. Um, as you get more and more proficient and, and better at it, the, the fuck-ups are less severe and they eat less time. But if, if, if we get Gaz to try and push for, because we've seen him do a you know, less than half-second draw, um, live fire, guys. If we now go, Gaz, do a point four to an alpha, yeah. If we now go, do a point four. He, he may have it within him to do a point four, but it, when he tries to start working towards a point four, he's going to make more mistakes, and that's perfectly fine, but he's going to make more mistakes than he ordinarily would when he's trying to do a point five or a point six. Um, that's just the way this works. The same thing is true for the dude who only ever does things in one and a half second intervals. When he tries to do a 1.2 second draw because he's now in a gunfight, guess what? He's more likely to fuck it up. When he tries to do 0.15 splits that he's never shot before in his life, he's more likely to either wang off rounds in places where they shouldn't go or end up with trigger freeze because that is a thing and guys who don't shoot this quickly don't know it. Trigger freeze is a thing and you're more likely to introduce a malfunction where your gun doesn't fire, but there is fuck all wrong with the gun, right? It's all in your head because your finger isn't moving far enough. Um, you've got you've got to push the envelope in order to get to a point where you've built in the efficiencies that fuck ups are reduced in their severity, and uh, and I mean that in terms of time time eaten. Um, I, I get with the guys who are going. Yeah, but you can't shoot point two splits in a gunfight are coming from. I get whether you can't do a one second draw when a gunfight comes from. Remember that being efficient at the mechanics of working the gun is not the same thing as shooting the gun. You can choose when you when you're going to shoot the gun. When we're talking about sub-second draws, we're we we are in this instance talking about firing around when the gun gets to the target. But that's not necessary, right? It's not, it's, it's not like we're, we're prepping the trigger coming out the holster and when you reach full extension, you always wang the round. Um, most of what we do in competition even isn't shooting the gun the very moment that it can be shot because often the targets are more difficult than what is possible to do by just going, I'm just going to wang around when I get to the, the, to the full presentation. Um, so efficiency rather than... No one that does this on the regs is feeling pressured into doing things that they have within their ability. Um, they're feeling comfortable. It's a comfort zone. They, they feel completely in control. They can think, they can reason. Um, you can even, if you really wanted to, you could probably hold a conversation with a really good competition shooter when he is shooting more efficiently and more effectively than a lot of people can shoot when they have, when they're completely in their own heads. Um, 
And I, and I think that that brings us to to sort of an important part of it as well. Um, you know, part of the whole, the whole argument with with trying to you know shooting at a at a certain pace is that it gives you time to uh, you know you, you've got an opportunity to to kind of process what's happening. And, and I think what what gets forgotten there is the more time you, you spend running at those high speeds, the more the more processing you can do um, while that's happening. So once again, that's not to say that we want to try and run a two-second bull drill as a self-defense technique. Um, but the dude who can who can pull out that two-second bull drill on demand every time, um, they're not just firing six shots vaguely. They're they're getting information between those shots and, and to someone outside. And 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 to continue with the, the competition analogy, because I think it's important. You'll quite often see see a new shooter or a less experienced shooter watch a Gaz or someone like that run a stage, and you get the classic: he's not human, he's a robot, he's an alien. What the fuck ever excuse they're going to make? Um, because they can't comprehend what's happening. They'll oh, he can't be aiming at that speed. He can't be because they can't comprehend what he's doing because they're they haven't done it. Um, that higher end shooter is shooting that stage and they're aware of what's going on the whole time. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're completely in the moment. Um, and, and once again, while it's not the same as a defensive shooting, they're, and, and this is something people forget, they come up on the plate, they fire the shot. Um, they're aware of if the, the plate's reacting or not. They're aware when they're firing the paper target, they're calling shots. Um, so it's not a case of the, the perception seems to be that they're just, blazing off two rounds of this target and two rounds of that target. It, every shot is aimed. It, it may not be traditionally top of the front side, top of the rear side, equal light, equal height, perfect focus on the front side, control the trigger back aimed. But every shot is aimed. And and, and for, for a higher-end competition shooter, as a general rule, you, you, you pull them off the stage and go, where did your shots go? They'll tell you. Um, with, with with pretty good accuracy where those shots went. Um, that's not happening if you're just blazing away faster than you can brain. Um, and once again, they're not shooting the... And, and, and we'll use the, the, the match example, as I say, because it's a common thing. They're not shooting those, those targets at the absolute limit of their human function. In practice, they run to the limit of their human function as best as possible, so that when they're shooting the stage, they're 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 in control. Um, you know, I I'd say to guys, give me a one, you know, do a one second draw. He's probably going to do a point eight because he's very comfortable in that sort of area. Um, we 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 get the person who who does a two second draw and say, give me a one second draw. Well, chances are they're gonna. <laughs> there's a very good chance they're going to run a 2.2 um, because everything falls apart. The other thing related to that, and I think this is, this is, I think it's important contextually. There are a lot of crossovers between defensive shooting and competition shooting. There's a lot of crossovers between civilian defensive shooting and law enforcement shooting or military stuff or, or whatever, but it's not exactly the same. Um, so, you know, using the example of such and such a SWAT team does X, is there's a hell of a lot to be garnered from that. 
but bear in mind that as a general rule, when a SWAT team's entering a, a, a house, it's not a surprise to them. They, they know that they're going to this house, they're going to enter it. Um, they know that on whatever signal, they're going to do this thing and they're going to run through, through whatever their, their, their strategy is. Um, you know, lots of surprises are going to happen in the middle of that, don't get me wrong. But it's, they're not walking down the street and all of a sudden in the, in the lounge of a crack house doing an entry. Um, so the, the, not all of those examples are going to draw, are, are going to sort of reflect hundred percent as a civilian defender, you are very likely, um, probably most likely going to be dealing with this on the back foot. Um, you can't draw your blaster and, and, and burn a guy down to the ground, even if you know he's a criminal, um, because you know he's a criminal. You, you can only defend yourself, um, which, which is reactive in nature. So the, that's where the awareness comes in, is how much sooner you can do that. But you, your, your, your defensive mechanics are going to be, they're going to be reactive in nature. You're going to be reacting to an event. Um, what does that mean? It compresses the time periods as a role, as a rule. Um, why does the SWAT team try and go in like, you know, speed, surprise, violence of action for exactly that reason, so that the people inside that house are reacting to them, so that they've got that advantage of people having to react to their action. The dog noise is free. Welcome to, welcome to that shooting show. Shut up. Um, but uh, they, you know, they're they're setting up in 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 the people they're hitting. They're trying to set up that reactive sort of thing. You as a civilian defender, if be it a home invasion, a carjacking, a, 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 an attack on your person, um, you are that reactor. Um, so you've you've got to make the time. You're you're not setting the time. You're now having to come from behind and keep up with that time. Uh, so once again, the, the, the less pressure that puts you under, um, not necessarily mentally, because obviously there's going to be a massive amount of pressure, but the less pressure that puts your skill set under, the more options it's going to give you. Mentally. Yeah. And I mean, so I think the other thing that a lot of people sort of get confused with, with all this stuff is that they get drawn into the fact that they immediately think of this one second draw in a gunfight or a competition setting because we've discussed both. And realistically, those aren't the times that you actually need to be thinking about and analyzing that in, in that manner, in the abilities way. That stuff that needs to be considered and thought of when you're doing the training, when you're putting the effort in and you're increasing that proficiency level so that all of these things become subconscious. At that point, once you've got those skills down, whether it's accuracy-based or like we've been talking about other mechanical fundamentals, and you've got that speed down and all of that stuff, it becomes more and more natural that that will start coming through into your competition base. And God forbid, should you find yourself in a gunfight, you've now better equipped your mechanical skills, whether we're looking at it from manipulation fundamentals, draws, all those kinds of things, right down to the accuracy, you can do both at the same time. And you don't have to overbrain. That's one thing that I think a lot of people over overthink. Funnily enough, and and T's brought it up, and so is Corn. 
And, so it's, and, and sorry, Karen. Sorry, T. It's interesting that we accept in other things in life, there are people who are better at doing things purely because they've been able to do them at a, at a more time pressured level. Um, I was watching a, a formula one driver slash rally driver doing some hot laps around the Nürburgring the other day. Um, he was doing what is considered not slow, but relatively sedate lap times around the Nürburgring for a professional race driver. Okay. He was doing things that were entirely out of the realm of something that I could even ever consider doing. Okay. And he was driving basically a road car. Uh, some modifications on it, but he, he wasn't driving a race car. And it was a rental car, even. Like it's it's one of the the the, the sort oh, of those those are faster than normal cars though. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> one of the, the the sort of circuit taxis that you can rent there that he was running. And a dude went out with him to do some video. The, the dude who happens to own the rental company. And at the end of it, I watched the follow-on video and apparently people were making comments about the, the dude who was driving with was so scared that he was, you know, he was, he was keeping quiet and he couldn't talk because he was scared shitless. And he was like, no, 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 no. This is the most relaxing drive I've ever had around the Nürburgring because not for one second was I worried that this guy was going to make a mistake or that he was beyond his limits. He, he was, it was like a gentle Sunday drive and it was beyond anything I could imagine I could ever do. But for this guy who's been doing it his whole life, and this is what he practices. It was a relaxing, calming, comforting drive. Um, and we, as a sort of human population, we accept that race drivers are better drivers than we are because they spent their lives doing it. And we don't make excuses for, oh, but he only races F1. So, you know, he's not in his F1 car. So, you know, when he's not in his F1 car, that dude can't fucking drive. We generally don't make those sorts of excuses. We go, well, that dude can drive regardless of what equipment he's in. And he is going to be able to react faster and more rationally than I can in a car because of the experience he's built. So why would it be any different with firearms where the dude who can run things at a level that is beyond your level of comprehension of this is physically possible, why would he be at a disadvantage when those skills are called up for real life use? It, it, it makes no sense that he would be disadvantaged. Um, he, he should be advantaged not only in his ability, but also in his ability to reason and think clearly when he's applying those skills. It's also really funny that you brought up the F1 example because that is exactly what I was about to say. Um, you know, it, it's you take a Formula One driver, and something to remember is that the guy who came last at the Formula One race is only the 18th best driver in the world. Um, he's not shit, he's just, um, but jokes aside just because that car doesn't resemble the car he drives every day and that track doesn't resemble the the the, the, the route he drives every day i guarantee you he's a better driver on the road than you are. um he may not he may not drive faster than you as a rule because he knows how fast he can go um but if you were to take him and they're all him so i'm not being politically incorrect out of his car uh you, you know his his formula one car and stick him in a polo vivo and say, I need you to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. So I need you to drive from um, CFR to 
Kempton police station, two totally arbitrary examples, um, as quickly as possible. I guarantee you that even if he's never driven that polo before, he'll do it quicker than you have. Um, substantially quicker than you. Um, and because the, the skills translate. Um, and, and I think people forget that, that, that. And also he's used to thinking at a, at, at a, higher, at a higher speed. He's, he's used to, to split, section, split second reactions um, being a thing. Um, he's not completely useless. And, and I think what people forget as well is he's also very capable of pottering down the shops to buy bread and milk at 10 k's an hour below the speed limit. Um, there's a very good chance that when he drives down the shop to get, well, I mean, they're all like multi-billionaires who live on yachts, but if they had to drive to the shops to go buy bread and milk, they probably wouldn't be doing it at three times the speed limit um, because they don't need to. Exactly. Yeah, kilt on the streets, right? Kilt he's on practiced, the so he's, he's, he, when he's not racing at the blazing edge on a track, where everything's controlled because famously everything on the track's controlled. Famously. He gets into more car accidents per kilometer than a dude who's never driven a car before because yeah. killed on the streets. Also remember that if he gets to a stop street, so there's he no... He doesn't know what to do with those. He, he, does, he doesn't know how to pull off because there's no lights changing. So he sits at the stop street until he dies. Um because he's only trained to react to to a light going changing color. Oh yeah. no! Wait, that's fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds almost like the buzzer, like like the the, oh, yes. the argument against timers, right? Yeah, yeah. People wait for the beep. Yes. I don't know. The you'll hear the story. Tried to kill me. I did not wait for a beep. Right? But, but you'll always hear the story, and it's always it's never firsthand. It's I knew a dude whose uh, whose partner, when he was in the police, was a competition shooter, and they got in a gunfight. And the competition shooter just stood there because he he didn't know what to do until there was a beep, like no fuck off. Um, yeah, but it's always that third hand, uh, you know. But some oak who couldn't hit the target in qualification to save his life. Managed to shoot everyone in both eyeballs, um, and, and you know the accuracy thing. In some circles, it, it gets um, downgraded. In some circles, it gets probably excessive. Excessive focus might be the wrong way to word it. But once again, the the balance gets forgotten. Um, you know, some people are happy to hit the big brown cardboard somewhere and 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 sign that off, um, and other people seem to think that every shot needs to hit the X. Um, and both of those might be correct. And as a rule, both of those are generally going to be wrong. Um, but we don't say to the guy who can hit the X every time, ah, oh, fuck, but you, you, you need to learn to shoot less accurately. Um, you know, if you would be so much more effective if you couldn't do that skill, because the guy who can shoot at the X all the time, if we say, okay, uh, you know, we're going to open the throttle and keep everything in the nine ring. Well, two things very often happen when that happens. First of all, he goes faster, shock horror. Second of all, you'd be surprised how many of those rounds still end up in the X or the 10 ring um, because he's got that skill set. Uh, 
And now all of a sudden he throws around in the nine or God forbid throws around in, in the eight. Um, he's still getting, or she's still getting really solid accuracy. Whereas if keeping everything in the eight ring is the absolute limit of what you can do, and we go, okay, let's shoot a bit straighter. Well, you're shooting straight as you can. And if we go, let's go a little bit faster, well, that accuracy is going to shit the bed completely. Exactly. Ms. Revens? Well, we we brought back that word that we discussed a few episodes ago. Shitting the bed. Balance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Balance. Oh. They're all equally fundamental and complement each other. And if you if you think one's more important than the other, I think you're sorely mistaken. In in a particular situation, one might might be more important. So mm-hmm. if we, we're shooting a match and we get a 50 meter popper, well, we're probably gonna have to add a little we're gonna have to focus a little bit more on accuracy um, for that hit. Uh, if we've got a three meter full board, we're probably going to need to focus on being able to do that really fast. Um, but it's the ability, but we've got to have the ability to do both. Correct. Um, you know, it, it's, it's no point putting two shots in one hole on that, on that three meter full board or wanging around at that 50 meter popper in 0.72 of a second. And then another one in another 0.72 of a second and another one in 1.5 seconds. Cause now we've got to no, fuck, we need to aim a bit better. And, and another one in two deep. seconds. Yeah. Um, or you get the arm oh, leaving it. Yeah. Uh, and remember in a defensive situation, that's not an option. Uh, you know, in a match that might make perfect sense. In a defensive situation, you don't get to go, I'm going to ignore that bad guy because he's too hard to hit. Yeah, tell him to eat more so he's yeah. a bigger target. Yeah. Come Have come back in a more. year's time when you're a little bit bigger and uh, not quite as fast, uh, then I can hit you, <laughs> maybe. Uh, was, was that an old man joke? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> very, very possibly an old man joke. Um, so, Mr. Evans, you, you mentioned earlier the, uh, the, the speed mode stuff that, that Mr. Anderson has brought us or at least formalized for us. It probably existed in, in sort of some unknown form before him, but the idea of training speed and accuracy in isolation you know, from each other, because the only thing that matters now is getting faster. And then the only thing that matters then is, is either maintaining your accuracy or improving your accuracy and then bringing it back to a, to a sort of steady combination of the two, right? That, that balance of your ability where, the only thing that we're caring about is shooting acceptable rounds, right? It, yeah. It's leaving acceptable hits because I think leaving acceptable hits probably translates just as well to, to defensive sort of scenarios versus shooting good score. So leaving acceptable hits, um, you can always leave acceptable hits on a target if you have the ability to shoot accurately and you yes. have the ability to do things really quickly and you can ignore both of those things when you need those skills, right? I see yep. my sights, the target is there, round goes off when the round should go off because it just it, it just it literally just happens when you get to the point where you've got that built in. I have good sights, the talk I have good sight picture on the target. I've decided that I have good enough sights to 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 make this happen. The rounds will go when the rounds need to go and you don't have to think about anything else. Anything else. You will be fast 
because you've built in efficiencies into the way that you do things to the point where there is absolutely no consideration for it. It just happens. Um, and because you are, you've programmed yourself to only shoot when you, when you bring it back to match mode or defensive mode, as we can call it for this, because you've programmed yourself to only send rounds, your brain will only let it happen when you've decided that that will go exactly where you need it to go. You never have to worry about accuracy issues um, because your brain just won't let you wank rounds off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had that where I've, I, I ran a drill not long ago where I'd taken a break from shooting and my times on the drills were not stellar. They were not what I wanted them to be, but boy, was the score there, right? I, I shot to my ability at that point in time and my brain would not let me go faster, um, which I think is a sort of ideal state for a defensive shooting. Uh, but if you're going to end up in that ideal state, you need to have that speed and that accuracy built in before you get to that point. Um, it needs to be solidified. It needs to be subconscious skill. You can't create the stuff on demand um, if it doesn't already exist within you. Yeah, and I think the the one difference, so if we look at matches, okay, with us shooting IPSC, we've got predetermined stages. We've got the ability to walk the stage and formulate the best way of, of shooting that stage and completing that stage. Now, if we look at it from a defensive situation, we don't have the same opportunity. Um, we we might have a similar one if we route this back to awareness, but that's also flexible, as we discussed. Um, the difference being that in that environment, you've got more ability to direct that conscious thought into analysis of the credible threat that you have. Like T said earlier, what's behind the target, this one's moving, maybe there's another credible threat that you didn't notice earlier that now you've noticed. You've got all of those different feedbacks that are coming back in. And this is what I would sort of think would happen is that you, because you don't have to think about how to, how your gun works and how the safety switches off, et cetera, et cetera, you've got all of that stuff built in. Now you've got the opportunity to do a proper analysis of the situation that you're in so that you, you are you behaving and you reacting in a credible way that is that is responsible and proficient to to yeah. and and in both environments there you're doing it in order to uh, defend your life and i forgot the other part of the sentence but it'll come back now as <laughs> <laughs> thought you sound like me with i forgot the other part of that sentence um yeah i i, I don't know how guys can spend any significant amount of time training to to use and employ firearms as as weapons or defensive tools and not get faster and and not build skill to the point where they they will eventually exceed what they are now classifying as the maximum skill level you can you can possibly access in a gunfight and still be safe um, you've got to be consciously crippling yourself in order to not exceed those boundaries because shooting 0.25 splits is not hard, right? You can get an untrained shooter, someone who's never shot in their life, and they might be able to do 0.25s or 0.3 splits. Um, they won't be able to do them accurately, so, so don't take that out of context, but getting rounds off at 0.25 a second is, is not a major feat. Um, shooting accurately is a, is a little bit more of a feat and but combining those two things is is where the real skill lies 
And like I said, unless you're actually actively crippling yourself, I can't think that you can't get to the point where you can shoot really, really acceptable hits, um, like keep them in the nine ring at 10 meters in really sporty times. Lance. In a, in, in a, in a relatively short period of time, if you are applying yourself. Mr. Raymond, does the other part of your sentence come back yet? No, no, it's still missing. <laughs> it, was, it was obviously a cock idea. <laughs> or it was going to be the knowledge bomb of this show, and uh, now it's gone. Yeah, we could have replaced this hour and a half of warbling with fuck that line. It was going to be the title of the show. I'm trying. <laughs> Oh man! But don't be cuck, be lacquer. Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> so bear in mind that it's like the first rule of competition: um, shoot fast, miss less. Yeah, it's almost like there's a meme site named after. Do you think that we sort of cover what you you wanted to cover? Did we yeah, I touched on so, the main points. I'm I'm hoping this made sense to everyone listening. And as I say, it it was a uh, it wasn't sort of directed at any one individual. I've 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 heard the thinking from a couple of people. Um, I, I hope this kind of makes our position somewhat more clear. Uh, once again, we've we've got the Facebook group. So if you want to discuss what we said, if if you want to disagree, agree. Tell us we're full of shit. Tell us we're stupid. Um, tell Gaz is ugly. Um, that's fighting words. <laughs> Sorry. Corn gets all jealous when you, when you give shit to his man. Um, Thanks, Corn. <laughs> I just had this picture of Corn in like a tracksuit with his hair in curlers. Um, but, John, no, joke aside, if, <laughs> if, uh, if this doesn't, you know, that's why we have the groups. That's, you know, the, the whole point of this is to get you thinking. And, and if you disagree with us, that's cool. But tell us why you disagree with us. And um, I'm, I'm hoping we've, I think I'm hoping we've counteracted every every sort of reasonable argument to the thinking. Um, we're not saying that that you need to be Bob Munden um, and, and be some shit. I'm dating myself with references like that. Some sort of fast draw champion. Um, and we're not saying you need to be a, a bullseye champion. We're saying that the better your skill set. <laughs> I think that the easiest way to look at it is. The shooting skills required in, in most gunfights are actually pretty basic. You you you, you don't need to be a, an A-class IPSC shooter or USPSA GM or anything um, to 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 win most gunfights from from a shooting skill point of view. Um, but well, the problem with but is generally everything before that is, is a lie. So let's not say but but um, but 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 but. but uh, <laughs> Conversely, the the greater the skill set you have, um, the more you have to draw. Uh, because if you do get one of those sort of outlier black swan events, that's that's not the classic three shots, three three meters, three seconds. Um, if you do get a more challenging situation, having more skill is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. If something goes wrong, having more skill is not a bad thing. Um, if everything goes right and and you never ever have to draw your defensive gun in your life, um, having more skill isn't necessarily a bad thing, even if it meant you spend less money on booze and, and takeaways and more money on 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 the range. Uh, so don't 
and and yes, I, I know the other argument is going to be, well, you know, you also have to have unarmed skills and all of that. We're talking about this particular skill set. Yes, um, have med skills, be less fat, run more, fucking, you know, have have better financial logic, whatever. Um, it's very easy to throw out a whole lot of other shit. Um, this is welcome to the gun show. It's not welcome to the gardening show. Um because that would be really short, uh, and I drink even more. Um, but I think it, it's important to to understand that it, it's a good. It's it's not. There's no downside to having more skill than you need. When you're driving to the shops, there's no downside to being that Formula One driver. Uh, if someone pulls out in front of you, it's not the same as as someone pulling out of, in front of you at 380 k's an hour. Um, but if you can deal with it at 380 k's an hour, when it happens at 60. It's a lot easier. Uh, Slow I think. motion. Adrian. You can't see how fucking Jim Carrey in my face went there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a couple of buffoons and one doesn't even have a camera on. <laughs> cool. Bring your main sense. Yeah. It all reverts yeah. back to balance. <laughs> It's, it's, we should just call this Welcome to the Balance Show. Yeah. But that wouldn't be balanced, would it? There's three of us. No, 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 no. Well, you, can, you can balance three things. You just have to place them at sort of 60 degrees apart. Ah, a tripod is balanced. This is true. Oh, it's 120 degrees apart. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, I'm the brains and the looks of this, apparently. <laughs> Um, corn is the technical skill and gas is the gas. I get to jam my mags full. <laughs> Some <I'm> say <laughs> his left testicle has not descended yet. <laughs> All we know is he's pulled the gas. <laughs> I jam my mags full on Saturday. Um, mm, it true. wasn't very full. <laughs> it was less full than other traditional open guns. Ah, you know what? I'll still take that fucking result. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yes, do you want to say your magic? Yeah, of course. Uh, guys, thanks very much for all of your support. Um, we do appreciate it. Please keep interacting on the group. If you've got any questions about previous episodes, maybe you've got questions about content that we've covered, maybe you've got additional opinions or facts or information, send it our way. We, we're typically very happy to help you through that stuff and give you feedback. Um, please get to doing the drill of the month. I did mine today. So when you listen to this, you would have seen it last week. Um, and if you want to be a club member, please make sure that you are subscribing to the content, share it around, and please give us a minimum of five star ratings. Without it, you're not going to be on the club. And on that bombshell, later losers.